is Sarah. Hi, this is John. Hi, this is Allie. And welcome to the Millennial Gap. So I have to say, why did we all say hi just there? I'm very confused. We always say hi. Yeah. We do. Okay. I thought we'd change it up sometimes. Because we just need to address one another, like every single scene in the movie, The Room, where you just walk in and you say hi Hi. to introduce. Oh, hi, Mark. Tangent over. This week we're going to talk about childhood pets and the differences that seem to be popping up in this new day and age, the gap between our childhood and life now. So I'm very proud to say I do not have an Instagram for my dog. (laughs) As much as I love her, I don't think... I adore her, but to put it in the nicest way possible, I don't know if I'm that basic. Well, (laughs) Captain Raymond Holtz was not that basic. But Cheddar the Corgi had an Instagram. Raymond Holt can be a little bit basic, but why why don't you all tell some stories about your pets that you had growing up? Getting a pet for me when I was a kid was literally finding a needle in a haystack. My brother was allergic to anything that shed any hair. So we had to find, the first thought we had was a Bichon Frise, which is... A very fancy word for a dog that doesn't shed. Well, that's so, not the fancy word. No, I mean, it's not. I mean, obviously, it doesn't. A Bichon Frise is a little puff of white cotton. I was going to say, is that the direct <laughs> translation? <laughs> direct translation, Bichon Frise, little puff of white cotton. Thank you very much, Sarah, <laughs> for speaking French. My uh, best friend when I was a child had a Bichon. His name was BG. That's very original. My Bichon Frise was named Sapphire. Guess who named that dog? Your mom. Yeah, exactly, my mom. <laughs> so Sapphire was her dog for all of maybe like six to eight months until my uncle adopted her because I think we realized oh wait we don't have room for Sapphire anymore and this is before we moved to New Jersey but then after that we adopt we found two different cockerpoos which is a for the layman's term Cocker Spaniel and Poodle combined. They, they did the nasty. What, what's, what's terrible about the Cockapoo name when you're in high school is everyone's juvenile. I was like, oh my god, their last name starts with, their last name ends with Poo. You're a Poo dog. It's Poo. I would assume yeah. that they would have gone with the first part of that, but anyway, please continue. You, you think they would too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kaka. My stepdad got to name the first dog Buddy. Supposedly there was a Buddy XYZ person. It's, in, I, thought, in the I think, wasn't he like a, yeah, a Yankee or he something? Was like, he was a pitcher, maybe? I don't know, or a catcher. Uh, didn't he one name the, the second one too? Jorge? Uh, so actually, Nat and I named him Jorge before we knew about Jorge Posada. Buddy and Jorge were super, super sweet. I, I, I will post pics about him. Buddy and Jorge were the best. Buddy, unfortunately, passed recently. So, so our, our life with Buddy and Jorge were great because Jorge was full, full energy all the time. Buddy was the complete opposite. I have, to, see, I have to have a precursor because one day, the reason when Buddy was the most complete opposite, when he was very, very young, before like people always go to pharmacies, my mom got her antidepressants left delivered to the front door. Unfortunately, Buddy and Jorge were outside. And so Buddy ate the entire pill, uh, the entire bottle of her antidepressant. <laughs> the chillest dog on the planet. He was so chill. He was like the chillest dog. Like he would, j- John would walk Jorge and he'd be like running in front of me. And I'd just be walking with Buddy and we'd just like be leisurely strolling. Because he was on so much Prozac. <laughs> yeah. So much Prozac. It was just in his blood at all times. But, but the best story I heard and I wasn't there was like this is when, when there was like a really, really, really old alarm system. And so something happened. Some, my mom was cooking and it smoke came off and and Corey was barking excessively. Buddy did this, and then laid down for someone to scratch his belly. <laughs> 
It's like, yeah, I'm not, I don't give a shit. Come in, whatever. They were both great. Jorge is still around. Unfortunately, my parents traveled. So they let Jorge go with the original dog sitter slash cleaner who also owns a cockapoo that looks very much like Buddy. So now Jorge and Buddy 2.0 are hanging out again. That's kind of nice, is, though. Which is a good way to end the story. All right, so I'll talk about my childhood pet. Her name was Snowy. She was a cocker spaniel. I got to name her because we got her as a tiny puppy. She was actually my my uncle bought her for his ex-wife and she didn't want the dog. One of so many. She got her. She was teeny, teeny, tiny. She was, I don't know, like, how, how old do you get them after they've been like... Like 10 weeks or so? Yeah, so I think I was she was about 10 eight weeks to 10 old. Weeks, yeah. She was teeny, teeny, tiny. She was white and she had little, little brown spots all over her. So I named her Snowy. She was like my favorite thing ever. My uncle had another Cocker Spaniel. His name was Chester and they wanted to breed them. They were, they were going to have puppies. So I, me, I was six years old when we got her. So I had to marry them because, you know, they can't live in sin. You can't have babies without being married. It's so I married them. They sat in front of me and I went, will you marry Snowy? Will you marry Chester? Amazing. This is is adorable, Sarah. I love this very much. So Chester and Snowy were married and then they had puppies. And the best story, story about Snowy is that so we lived in Brooklyn at this time and we had like a second story and she's heavily giving birth. Like we can tell they're coming. We called, like my parents weren't home. It was me and my sister only. She's laying on my parents' waterbed because this is the 90s and that that's the thing. And honestly, it was a warm space and she was comfortable there and that made sense. We also called my best friend and her mom from down the street. Her mom was a nurse, so we were like, okay, maybe that makes sense, I guess. <laughs> but take this into consideration. I was six, my sister was 16. Like, we didn't know what the hell was going on. Oh, fair, okay. My best friend and her mom show up and they rang the doorbell. So Snowy, being a dog, ran to the front door while giving birth and her first puppy actually plopped out on the stairs as she was going down. <laughs> Needless to say, that puppy was actually surprisingly okay. We named her Fatty because she was the big, the biggest one in the litter. I literally, there's the, I named all the puppies as well, by the way. So Sarah, was that your birth technique when Jack was being born? You just like slid down the stairs and hoped for the best? I mean, we wish. (laughs) No, I got caught With the amount of time... Sarah was in pain and just like walking down the hallway and they're like just like she had something like go to the point that every nurse and doctor passes and she would come like yeah 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 she's fine <laughs> she's just you know about to get burned it's like oh okay cool have a great day then how do, I mean like Sarah this is said with all the love in the world you were clearly pregnant at the time were they just confused for no reason <laughs> I mean no, no they were more confused like as why she was making these animal like noises we in the hallway in our wall and I'm like are you kidding me right now yeah. So, Snowy and her puppies. Snowy had pup. Well, she had seven puppies, but one did not make it. No. But which happens? Not all the puppies make it. So they were named Fatty, Flatty. Wait, I don't know all their. I don't remember all their names. I only remember four. Sarah Fatty, has Flatty, a dog Rolodex right now. Fatty, Flatty, Fatty, Fatty, Flatty, Shirley, and Chip. Chip was the runt of the litter, and he was my absolute favorite. He was the only the only boy in the in the little pack. It, it, they were amazing. She was a great great dog. And then you know when she passed, we got Chester, who was Prozac like Buddy. Like he he was so calm all so the time. So chill. We had to teach him how to make babies. Good. Snowy taught him how to make babies. She mounted him for. Oh my god. <laughs> 
it's a thing. I guess I guess like sometimes that happens in dogs. It, it, it's very this weird. is kind of like the chicken and the egg story, but it's the dog and the dog. <laughs> it's so weird. Well, oh she God. was like a dominant. She was like a mom before I she was a mom. I can tell. Someone awesome. a dog mounting another dog, but it's the female dog. Oh, Boise. Mister was like chill. He used to sleep with me in my bed. He was afraid of lightning and fireworks, so he used to cut to like climb underneath the blanket and like hide. I had some weird dogs. Cute though. I, I had dogs all through my childhood up until junior year of, of college, uh, high school. Damn. But yeah, they, I had a lot of weird dogs. So I'm currently living out my childhood dreams with my dog just because my siblings and I begged our parents. And when I say begged, I mean begged our parents to see if we could get a dog. And every time we were given the excuse, no, we can't get a dog because your aunt is deathly allergic. Which is actually true. She's like really, really allergic to dander and fern. And then last year, she ended up getting a dog. Granted. Oh, there's enough hypoallergenic dogs now. Oh, yeah. No, oh, she's right. hypoallergenic. She, I think, is a Labradoodle and the cutest dog you've ever seen. But for us now, as adults, we went back to our parents and we're like, guys. Bullshit. What the fuck? Yeah, exactly. And so they were like, oh, yeah, we just didn't want to care for a dog and have to walk it. We knew you guys wouldn't do it. So my pet experience was vastly different from Sarah and John's. We really didn't have that many pets growing up. But when I was in college, I decided I really wanted a fish. But it was going to be... That's a weird animal to have during college. Actually not. Really? They sold them on my campus. Really? Okay, so... That's weirder than I would expect. Yeah, so we... Well, they had farmer's markets and you could buy it at the farmer's market. I'm sorry, What? I had a betta fish that I gave to my grandmother when I went for a study abroad. I bought my betta fish. So many different farmers markets. I've yet to see a fish for sale sign. Tell us about your fish. It's like raw fish. I bought actually. I bought my betta fish at a flower shop. What the fuck? So I bought my betta fish because I thought I had the whole plan. I was going to take it up to college. It wasn't going to work, so it ended up living at my parents' house. So we all named the fish collectively together. So the first fish was named Sushi. Sushi lived for about a year and yeah sushi lived for about a year and then it died and then we got sashimi sashimi lived very a very short life so we went back to the flower shop and they gave us a new one and then the last fish was named tempura and tempura lived for about two years john's making a face right now and that is exactly the face that everyone makes when i tell them the names of my former fish when i was so a kid. I, I feel like you set your fish up to die naming them after probably it was I funny named my, i named my beta mr frenzy because he was what? like a like a fucking crazy fish doesn't your grandma have a beta she does. It's not the same one. I was gonna uh, say. But I gave her Mr. Frenzy when I went and when I went to study abroad, and she kept him. And I think he lived for like two years. Betas live a long time. They do. So betas, like babies, take on the personality of the owner. Your grandmother's <laughs> beta is so fucking lazy. Yeah, he just I, looks like he's dead. The all I, the time. I, I, I had Good. to go like tink tink tink. Are you still alive? <laughs> but is it still dead? Let me try to feed it. <laughs> Cool, it's alive. So I'm not sure how to tell a grit I'm like, hey, so that fish there, it's dead. She just get a new one. It'll float. It'll it'll float if it's dead. The actual (laughs) the actual pets quote unquote, we had when we were kids were actually my brothers. So when we were in fifth grade, we were essentially tasked with keeping certain creatures alive, which just like, why? Who knows? Each class was given snails, crabs, and frogs. And you had to study them for biology. Again, who knows why? So my brother got these frogs. And at the end of the lesson, they raffled off the animals. And so much to my mother's dismay, my brother got the frogs and he brought them home and we need to start taking care of them. 
So one of the frogs died and my mom decided to replace it with two new frogs. Those fuckers, I cannot make this enough, lived from the time that he was in fifth grade till his sophomore year of college. What the fuck? Yeah, these frogs live a really, really long time. At one point, there were three frogs in the tank, one of the original ones and then two of the ones my mom bought. And then Adam went to sleep. He woke up the next day and one of the frogs was just gone. The two other frogs ate it. Ate it? It gets worse. So (laughs) one day, one day Adam goes into his room and the frogs are kind of swimming strangely and he doesn't really know what happened. So he goes to bed and wakes up. And then I forget if it was the next day or a few days later, there's all these weird little bumps throughout the tank, which are obviously eggs. And so he and my mom were curious to see what would happen. So they started taking the eggs out of the tank and moving it into another one underneath. So they ended up saving some of the frogs and they grew to from tadpoles into actual frogs. And so by the time they were the actual frogs, my mom and my brother were like, great, we're going to put them back in the tank. Adam goes to sleep, wakes up. There's the still two of the original frogs. They oh. ate all of their babies. Oh. So yeah, we had cannibalistic frogs as pets. No, not to like say that isn't normal, but like that is kind of normal. And the only reason I know this is literally from Futurama. Yeah, but this was his own parents. Oh, that's even more fucked up, to be honest. Agreed. It was very funny in retrospect. So, so the difference between us as children having pets and millennials today having pets, John brought this up earlier, is that uh, everyone has an Instagram for their pet now. I do what? not. Miss Lulu Meyer does <laughs> not have an Instagram. It's because she's a tax attorney and she's a very private lady. <laughs> I love how you set up a story for your dog and I applaud you for it. Oh, she has a whole backstory. No, that's amazing. Uh, yeah. But like, so as you were saying previously, there are so many different, it, it's kind of as it's what, like said with dating. There's so many, there's so much noise trying to get one person's attention. There are Instagrams for dogs, birds, cats. hamsters, snakes. Don't forget cats. Cats, rabbits, for Sarah, Mr. Peanut Butter. It's awesome. Oh, I'm not saying, so I'm not saying the Instagrams aren't awesome. They're all great. There's one for a hedgehog that I'm obsessed with. I will send it to you all afterwards. Okay, we should probably, <laughs> what, we should probably funny, plug the hedgehog so, so we get here's more my followers. Question. Yes. Here's my question. Do you think people are doing this because they're not having kids? Because millennials, I think this might be completely fucking wrong. A lot more millennials don't want kids. So I think it's that, but also I think they're trying to get free stuff for their parents, for their pets. I honestly like the amount of my dog sleeps on a purple mattress. (laughs) Sponsored by purple. Also purple mattress, please sponsor us. But like the amount of different sponsors or like they have merchandise for their fucking dog. Like I've seen, so so there's Le Corgi, Gordy the Corgi. That's fucking adorable. I want to meet that. I just found the hedgehog Instagram. It's called Hedgehog Azuki and it's my favorite. But like there's even like, so like with Comic-Con, there's PetCon where these famous pets come to convention and you pay to meet them and pet them. So the thing that I'm thinking though is A, that People are not having children, so the pets are their children. But also... I'm sorry, I just keep showing them photos of this hedgehog. I love it so much. It's an Ewok for anyone's looking. We're going to post this on our uh, feed later on. So anyway, what I'm saying is that people are not having kids, but they're also trying to find the goodness in the world. Looking at pictures of animals or pets is is the way that people find the goodness. The like, the day's been horrible. The news makes me really sad. I'm going to look at all these dog pictures, all these cat pictures, all these 
bunny pictures. That's so true. That Allie keeps showing up. So it's the best. The thing with version, like this dog picture, cat pictures, bunny pictures, snake pictures, parrot pictures, whatever, or any bird pictures, and parrots aren't the only birds. Some of them aren't posed, but most of them are. Yeah. And that's what annoys me the most, that, that you're taking the time out of your daily schedule to try and pose your dog or dogs to a point that they are looking cute, they're paying attention to the camera, and they're doing exactly what you want them to do for an Instagram to get millions of likes. And that's great if that's your day-to-day -day job. But like, there's, like, there's a lot of influencers who their job is just taking care of their dog. Popeye the foodie. Oh, Popeye's so cute. But he's always posed. That's so true, yeah. That's the whole thing, though, is it's become a particular career that people can have, which is you're basing your livelihood off of this creature that's entirely dependent on you. Yeah. And it's it's interesting because, as you said, like millennials aren't necessarily having kids. Do we think that's, that's going to change if they do end up having kids that their kids inevitably become their source of income i mean i'm sure is... that there are people who do that i would not follow those people particularly. no i mean but i also don't really care to look at pictures of other people's babies correct unless i know them Fair. there's this one person who i keep seeing on tiktok because i am now 33 and love tiktok to the point that i'm sending it both to my wife and best friend Allie. And Sarah to Hayson. the point that I actually want to murder him. <laughs> but there's one TikToker who I follow who seems like such a good dad, but like it's him and his daughter vlogging and doing TikTok. Oh, is it that so one tiny. that you sent me with the little girl and the curls? Yeah. I love her. But she's so adorable. And, and he's like, hey, how's it going? I'm doing okay. It's okay if I get one of your boats? Like, yeah, sure. You sure you want me to get one? You sure I can get one of your boats? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should choose a pink one, daddy. I'm like, he's like, okay. And he puts it on his hair. And that's great. But, but it's, like, it's interesting in the sense that, like, everything is, in a way, is able to be commodified. Commodified, commoditized. I don't know. It's, it's, it's monetized. That oh my god! There's that that huge vase that was in New York. It's not a vase. It was like that high structure that was on like 34th Street, and that now has been getting removed because there's this new form of currency. Oh, uh, NFTs. NFTs, and someone made it an NFT. Interesting. So someone bought that as an NFT, and so they're taking it down. But so effectively, I think. What we're trying to say is, yes, millennials are not necessarily having children, so they're choosing their pets as their fur babies, which, like, is Correct. the grossest which thing for me to utter. Since the 90s, but... True, but, like, also the sentence fur baby makes me want to vomit. Because it makes I you mean, think of people in furry fur costumes? No, it's just, like, a gross millennial thing. Have you said this, I need to talk about actual fur babies, but continue. <laughs> I don't know if we need to talk about that, no, but... No, let's not talk about that. <laughs> it's not what it sounds like. But so effectively, you're using your pet as a means of gaining your livelihood. Is that something that's ultimately going to be sustainable long term? Or are people going to tire of these pet photos, especially as they, as I mentioned, eventually have their own children should they desire yeah. to do so? Uh, possibly. But the other thing is that a pet has a shorter lifespan. True. So and, how and, long and... can you commoditize or monetize your pet that potentially lasts, what, 10 years, maybe? Correct. But, so Lula's they, living like, forever, so let's... Obviously. Yeah. Obviously, Lula's living. Lula is the only dog that will live forever. Obviously. You got her um, the Tuck Everlasting Fountain of Youth. Yes, I did. Yeah. That, that's his honor color at all time. But with that, like, I have followed corgis and other dogs that, oh, hey, by the way, like, Gordy or La Corgi or Papa the Foodie's sick. We need, like, and they can't afford it because all their money goes into 
this like the dealing with social media excuse me but can anyone like help and they'll set up a gofundme which will reach where it needs to reach within hours because they have such a following and i'm not saying it's a bad thing i'm not saying that at all the thing i'm saying talking about fur babies is the fucking people who put their dogs and cats in strollers why okay it's kind of separate <laughs> that that's that might be a separate topic we have to discuss yeah. at a later date but i think we yes. need to do a topic on pet peeves Yes. Oh God, yes. Literal yes. Pet, pet peeves. peeves. Yes. So it's something to think about whether this is a thing that can last or if it's something that's a fad that will go away. If you'd like to tell us something about your, I'm putting this in quotes, fur babies, or send us pictures of pictures. your childhood pets, we'd love to see them. We'd love to hear your stories. Shoot us an email at themillennialgappod at gmail.com. 10 out of 10. Good job. Follow us on <laughs> themillennialgap on Instagram. And as always, Mind, Mind the, the gap. gap. I think we did. I think that was better. All right.